Welcome to Winning the World for Christ, a Christ Church Way of the Cross podcast with Bishop Ronald Frazier. Christ Church proudly celebrates 20 years of ministry and service to God. Now, here's Bishop Frazier with today's message. The True Cost of Discipleship. John chapter 6. I want to pick it up. I'm going to go and actually begin reading in verse number 46. Not that any man have seen the Father, save he which is of God have seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last days. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father have sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more 
with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. John 6 and 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye go? Will ye also go away? Then Simon answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I want to use this subject. The true cause of discipleship. The true cause of discipleship. Father, speak to our heart the words of life and help us to understand the true cause to be your disciple. Thank you for faith that comes by hearing and hearing by your powerful word. Help us to receive it, to take it in as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Discipleship, a disciple, follower of Christ, one who follows after Christ. When we look at the scripture, look at the lesson before us, there is a cost of discipleship. Being a Christian will cost you something. In fact, it costs Jesus his life. It costs Jesus the death on Calvary. It cost him something to be the savior of the world. And walking with Jesus will cost you something. No, you can't pay to earn your salvation. You cannot work to earn your salvation. But now that you are saved, it's going to cost you something. And many, when they find out the cost of what it costs to be a disciple, decide, you know, uh, maybe not. I thought that's what I wanted, but no, it costs too much uh-huh. to walk with Jesus. Remember, Jesus is eating with his disciples. He's fellowshipping with them, but he announces to them that he's leaving and he's going away. And when he go away, he said, I'm going to send you another comforter, another said the same manner, which was the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost to abide, to live on the inside to be with them. And as he dealt with his disciples, he dealt with his followers, masses of individuals rallied around him, rallied around Jesus. Because when you look in the sixth chapter of John, you'll find out he fed the 5,000. Oh, what a wonderful idea. Two fish and five loaves of bread. The little boy, little lad had a lunch. He just had a fish sandwich. And the Lord told him, set the men down. And they sat down. And as they sat down, Jesus blessed the fish. He blessed the bread. And after blessing the fish and the bread, he gave it to his disciples. And his disciples gave it unto the men. I love the divine order. They didn't just rally him and rush him for the food. They sat down. Jesus blessed the food. He gave it to his disciples. His disciples gave it to the men. There was order in the passing out and the distributing 
of the fish and the bread, the fish and the loaves. And we, yes, we talk about the 5,000 men that were numbered, and we didn't say anything about the men who had to give it to their wives and the children that were present because they didn't count them in, but just the 5,000 men. And each one of the men represented their wives and their children. You can imagine what a great miracle from two fish and five loaves of bread. And when they finished, they gathered up the fragments. They gathered up the remain. And John has an interesting verse in here. He talks about all that Jesus did. But this sixth chapter, let me just read this 15th verse. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into the mountain himself alone. After they ate the fish and the bread, they would say, oh, we're going to make him king. And they were coming by force to get Jesus to make him king. I guess they thought if we keep Jesus around all the time, we're going to have fish. We're going to have chips. We don't have to work. Oh, yeah, that's a good person to keep around. Go get him. No, no, no. You're not getting the message. You're not quite getting it right. So he slips away and then come walking on the water. And then when he appears back to his disciples, he had to let them know and to his followers and to this great massive, Lord, we, are, we accept, we will listen to what you're going to say. And I just want you to understand that when you're witnessing, it's hard for a hungry man to receive the words that you are saying. But if you feed him, he's more receptive to receiving what you have to say. Feed the need, minister to the need. Jesus fed the needs, and now they were open, and their stomachs are filled, so they should be really open and receptive to hearing what Jesus is saying. Now he began to talk about bread. And as he talks about bread, he points back to the Old Testament, the manna. Remember when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, and they were walking in the wilderness, and they were hungry? And they said, Moses, you brought us into this wilderness to die in this wilderness. No, I didn't bring you to die in the wilderness. Well, we want something to eat. And Moses went to God, and God said, okay. He rained manna, angels, food, bread from heaven, came down, and every day they had a fresh supply of bread from heaven. Can you imagine what that had, must have been like? First of all, the sight of seeing bread coming down from heaven. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you have to understand that even in the midst of the hard times that we are going through and to the hard times we can expect to go through in the future, the saints, God's going to rain down manna upon you. My God, my God. Lord, I feel that prophetic mode coming up in my spirit. That no matter how hard and difficult the situation may be, if you put your trust in God, he will see you through hard time. He's a God that walks the waters in the midst of your storm. He's a God that rained down bread in the midst of a famine. Lord, I thank you that you will supply the needs of the saints. Oh, there's a famine going on, not in this house, because God is supplying the needs in the midst of a famine. Oh, God, somebody take that in your spirit. Oh, God, I know you're looking for a job. You're trying to figure out how you're coming out of your situation, but God already has a plan. God already has a way. God has provision for your needs. Lord, I thank you. So he rains the bread down 
from heaven. And then he points back to this great miracle. And one of the things he tells the disciples, you know, if you're really going to be my disciples, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You are crazy. You've lost your mind. We're not cannibals. We're not, we don't eat flesh. No, no, no. No, in fact, there's only certain types of meat that we eat. We don't eat pork. We don't eat certain fish. There's certain things we don't even eat. So you're talking about eating your flesh and drinking your blood. No, no, you bumped your head somewhere. We're not hardly doing that. Isn't that amazing how when the Lord asks us to do something, our flesh immediately said no. No, I'm not going to do it. And it's not till you kind of settle yourself down that you said, okay, well, you know, I really need to listen to what God is saying. And maybe if I get listened to what God is saying, he will provide and do the things that I need done. Bread is a powerful medium and a powerful portion of meal. I remember grandma and grandma would always have bread with her food. Why? She just always had it. That was a part of the staple. Something about that bread filled you up. And bread, and many of us know how powerful and how good, good fresh bread is, hot bread. We don't hardly make them anymore. We make those rolls that rise. You could smell it coming in the house. Oh, I hope I'm talking to somebody today. I sort of picked up the title of the muffin man. I got a, this hand for making muffins. Blueberry muffins and strawberry muffins. They're subject to wake up. They woke up the other day, and I had chocolate chip muffins. And they were some kind of good. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. This is Sunday morning, and I'm preaching. I'm sorry. I went into a bread mode. With banana bread and wheat bread. And some folks don't like white bread, but white bread. And I, I, one of my daughters called home and said, Dad, can we have garlic bread for dinner? I said, garlic bread? Okay. <laughs> Biscuits, something about bread. It's just, you know, you got your meats, you have your potatoes, you have your starch and salad, but it's nothing like bread. And the Lord had given these disciples, these followers of him, bread, and they were so contented with the bakery that came from heaven, they asked him, for more bread. And the Lord turned the table. Now that I have the, you've, I've created this appetite for the bread that I supply, I'm turning the table and I'm taking a lesson to let you know that the true bread, Moses didn't give you that bread that was in the wilderness. That was my father that did that. The true bread is my flesh. And unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be my disciples. Now, Lord, I'm a little confused because I can deal with bread that comes from heaven, manna. I can deal with the bread that you just gave me, but now you're talking about eating your flesh? No, I can't get with that. Bye. I'm walking with you to this point. It's a hard saying. Who can swallow it? Who can handle it? Not many. And I'm leaving. The Bible declares in John 6 and 6, 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Saints, we were living in a time when people are going back. They're drawing back. It's so hard. They say it's too hard to be a Christian. I cannot be a Christian in this time that we're living in because it's too hard. 
it costs too much. Well, you need to count the cost. You want to be my disciples? He told them to take up your cross and follow me. You've got to count the cost. Because when you begin to think about it, you're counting the cost. You're seeing what it's going to cost you. You've got to take up your cross and you have to follow him. Count the cost. Take up your cross and follow him. Lord, I want to eat your bread. I want to be a part of your disciple. I really want to be one of your true disciples. But when I think about what it's going to cost me eating your flesh, drinking your blood, I don't think I can handle that. That's pushing it. That's just going too far. But when we understand his bread is his word, taking in the word of God in your spirit and walking according to his word. Oh, I can do that. It's a simple thing, but it's a difficult thing because I have to first hear the word and then walk therein. Here is the problem with being a Christian. As a Christian, you are expected to follow the rules that God lays down for us, to follow the track that has been given us. But as Christians, there is a nature on the inside of us that rebels against the spirit of God. We have in true two natures. There are two natures on the inside of us. There's a nature that wants to follow God and there's a nature that wants to follow the devil. Oh, you don't have to agree with me. I know what I'm talking about. Paul even said, the good that I would, I do not. But the evil that I hate, that I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Romans chapter 7. There is a struggle on the inside of you. Listen to what I'm saying. I have this nature. I have this good boy nature on the inside that desires to walk in the way of God. I have this nature on the inside that desires to be holy and righteous and apostolic and, and sanctified and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost so you can see me anywhere and you can say he's one of them. He's a child of God. I desire and say that's what I love about it. There is a desire on the inside for holiness. There is a desire on the inside for righteousness. There is a desire to follow after God. That's what makes David such a good man he desired on the inward part to follow God but sometimes my desire is overwritten by that sinful man who lived in here first and I find myself involved in the things that I should not be involved in saying the things that I should not say going to the places that I should not go there is a struggle going on on the inside and no I don't want Pastor Frazier to run and pull that blue mode and look at me and see the evil things that I've done the evil things that I'm saying but I want you to understand your God is there when I'm not there he sees all he knows all he's every Everywhere at the same time. But even in the midst of all the devilment that you're doing, he loves you. He loves you enough that he died while you were yet sinners. He made provision so you could be saved. Oh my God. I feel a praise on the inside. That the God who made me, the God who understands me, the God who walks and lives on the inside, he understands the struggle, the bucking heads, the warfare.
despair, the conflict, the struggles. And he's already made up his mind. When it's all over, I'm going to wear a crown. When the warfare is over, I'm coming out. I've got battle scars. I've got wounds in my body. But when I come out on the other side, I'm going to be more than a conqueror. Saints, we're going to be able to say, I made it. It wasn't without a struggle I made it. Through many tears and tears and many times of, of crying and shedding tears and crying out to God, but I made it. Through many struggles and difficulties, through it all, I made it. And say, that's all I can tell you, to stay in the fire. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towels. It gets rough on time. Sometimes you feel like giving up. Sometimes you feel like throwing in the towels. Sometimes you just feel like throwing up your hands. But if you throw up your hands, just say, Father, help me. I need your help. Help, help, help. Father, I need you to touch me. Touch, touch, touch. Father, lift me. Cry unto your God. And understand that that's part of the cause. Of discipleship. He didn't say it was going to be easy. But one thing he did say. I'll never leave you. Nor forsake you. I'll be with you always. Even to the end of the earth. So the Lord is with me in the times. When things are going well. I can see that the Lord is with you. Look like the Lord is with you. But even when I have a Job experience. He's still with me. He's still God. Even when I have a Joseph Pitt experience, he's still with me. He's still God. He's my God. And he's going to take me through the true cost of discipleship. Lord, what does it cost me? Well, it costs you to eat with Jesus. I can do that. But then it will cost you to eat the bread, to eat of his flesh, to eat his word. You've got to take the whole road. I can't pick and choose. Okay, I like this scripture. And I'll take this scripture. But I don't like this scripture, so I'm not going to take this. No, no, no. I've got to take the whole role. And, you know, and even when I preach, I've got to share. And I want to preach those nice, positive, prosperity sermons. I want to tell everybody you got a Cadillac and a Mercedes coming. I want to tell everybody there's going to be a chicken in every pot. But you know what? I can't tell you that. I got to tell you the truth. The truth is that if you know Jesus, he's going to supply your needs. The truth is, some days you're going to have some rough times, but God's going to be with you. The truth is, God's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Even when it looks like the bag has burst and everything that you've owned has fallen to the ground, I can tell you, he's a God that will pick up the broken pieces. He'll make you over again. He'll restore the joy of your salvation. He'll lift you up when your spirits are down. He'll restore. He'll dry your tears. He'll wipe away your tears. He'll roll back the tears. He'll let you cry for a little bit. He'll let you go through for a little bit. But after you've suffered a while, he'll strengthen you. He'll establish you. He'll set you on high. And then he'll call you to the table. Yeah, Lord, they're talking about me. They're lying on me. I got some enemies. Yeah, but thank God for your enemies because he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I need some enemies so I can come and dine. The master is calling. Come and dine. 
And he'll put that fresh bread on the table. He'll say, eat the bread. Come and die. Come sit down with the master and dine with the master. And that's what I love about him. You're not alone. You feel alone, but you're not alone. You feel forsaken, but you're not forsaken. You feel rejected, but you're not rejected. Because of the truth be told, is only a test. And when this pass, I'm coming out. Saints, I tell you, I wish I could make life easy for you. But if the truth be told, it's those hard times. It's those difficult situations. It's when your back is against the wall and you don't know how you're coming out. That when the Lord steps in and brings you out, it's when you look back at those times. Oh, God, I think I appreciate the good times of being a Christian. Don't get me wrong. But, honey, what I really appreciate is when I've had my rough times, when I had my moment, when I had my season, when it didn't look like I was going to make it, how he stepped in and he pulled me out. He pulled me out of my struggles. He pulled me out of my situation. Cussing and fighting, kicking and screaming. He said, boy, you're coming out of this. He calls me out. He calls you by name. And it's not till you drop it and you come out and you look back. My soul looks back and wonder how I made it over. Saints, I don't know how I got it over. The only way I think I can tell you, it was the Lord that brought me over. It was the Lord that brought me out. It was the Lord that rescued me. It was the Lord that delivered me. It was the Lord that healed me. I come out on the other side. No man can live by bread alone. Well, give me the angel food. No, I'm not giving you the angel food. I'm going to feed you myself. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging for bread. We are fathers. And a father will do anything he has to do to provide for his children, to provide for his family. God is our father. And we are his children. And he understands our struggles. He understands our difficulty. He understands our situation better than we understand. In fact, he knows my thought afar off. You are acquainted with all my ways. That's knowledge. It's too wonderful for me. And the Lord said, you know what? I love you enough to die for you. I love you enough to provide for you. I love you enough to save you. Here's the mystery. Somebody under the sound of my voice is hearing the gospel message being sent out to you. And God is giving you an opportunity to be saved. And you're going to say yes when salvation is offered unto you. Saints, we could have stayed in our sins. We could have died in our mess. But God loved us enough to save us. But when the gospel was extended unto us, we said, I want to be saved. I want to be healed. I want to be delivered. I want to be a Christian. And the Lord came into our life and changed us. He made us whole. And now that I'm walking with him, I counted the cross. I picked up my cross. I'm following him. But Lord, there's some things in my life that shouldn't be there. Paul gave us what we need to do. Paul said, I die 
daily. I die daily. I peel it off. I shake it off. I walk after the things that I should be walking after. Well, Lord, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. There's a progress. There's a change. Oh, God, I thank you. Lord, I want to be up on the mountaintop. I want to be just like the missionary. No, I want to be like Pastor Frazier. God, I want to be holy. I want to be like the deacons. I want to be like, I want to be, you know what? I want to be like Jesus. And if I need to be like Jesus, it's a process I've got to go through. There's some steps that I have to go through. But the first thing I need to acknowledge is I'm better. I'm better now than I was the other day because God has brought me this far. And if the Lord brought me this far, then I'm going to trust him to take me higher. I'm going to trust him to take me to the next level. I'm going to trust him to give me the bread that I need so I can live this day. Remember that, the prayer? Give us this day. How oh God, how daily bread. I know we had bread yesterday, but this day, God, I want you to give me the bread that I need this day so I can survive the test that I'm going through this day. Give me the bread, and his word is the bread that you need for this day. And I praise him for a fresh word from heaven's bakery. I praise him for a fresh word in the midst of a starving time. I praise him for the word that he sends me that I meditate on day and night. I praise him for the word of God that brings healing to my body. I praise him for the word of God that brings peace to my mind. I praise him for his word that guides me, that directs me. Holy walk, yeah, I desire to follow you, Lord. But there's some issues in my life. Don't worry about them. I'm dealing with those issues. I know what's on the inside of you because I created you. I made you. And when I'm ready, those things are coming out of you. You're going to drop them. Drop, 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 drop. I know some of you can testify that Pastor Frazier, when I first got saved, I was doing this, I was doing this, I was doing this. I was. You had a whole list of things. In fact, some of you wouldn't even come to church because of the mess that you were involved in. And you said, after I get my life together, child, after I get myself together, after I get my life together, then I'm coming. But you know what? As long as you stay outside, you're never going to get yourself together. You might as well bring your jacked up self into the house of God and let God fix you. I love going past dirty clothes hamper because inside the dirty clothes hamper are nothing but Dirty clothes. And as long as those dirty clothes stay in that hamper, they're going to be dirty clothes. But I dare you to get out the dirty clothes and get inside God's wash machine. He'll wash you. He'll agitate you. He'll stain and bleach you until you come out the way that he wants you to be. And somebody needs to come out of the dirty clothes hamper and get into the wash machine. And let God wash you. Let God make you. Let God mold you. Let God straighten you up. Let God fix it. Child, I can't bring no maid over this house. This house is too dirty. I'm going to clean the house up, and then I'm going to go bring in the maid. No, no, no. You've got the wrong idea. You don't pay for the maid, but you're cleaning up the house before the maid get there. 
I can't let this maid see how dirty I keep this out. That's why you hired the maid. <laughs> Bring that girl over here and say, come on, get this house clean. Let God come into your life. And let them straighten up your life. Let them rearrange your life. But I'm afraid that's the problem. I don't want to give it up. I don't want to let go. You know, you don't want it. But you know what? You better ask God to help you to let it go. And let God straighten it out. He comes in. He comes in. Well, what do you want me to do? I want to, I want to be your disciples. Then you got to commune with him. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord. You remember and show forth the Lord's death until he comes. That's why we have communion to remind us the bread, the symbol of our Lord's broken body, the fruit of the vine, the symbol of his shed blood. Let us commune to remind us of what he did for us. That's why we have communion. I want to be his disciple. I'm going to take up his cross. I'm going to follow him. What more do I need to do? You need to be water baptized. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. For neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name given unto heaven whereby we must be saved. Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You need to be water baptized in Jesus' name. That's taking on his name. But pastor, you don't understand. I've already been baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's great. But now come on, let's do it in Jesus' name. Now you know. Why? Because you take on his name. I know when a couple gets married, it's normally the bride who takes on the name of her husband. To show that there has been a marriage. Well, the Lord put an engagement ring on us. And we're not afraid to take on his name. We are Christian, Christ-like. We are baptized in the name of Jesus. Oh, bless his name. Oh, and then he baptizes us with the Holy Ghost. His spirit. You said, you know, that's nice. You were preaching good to right there, right there. Right there. You went off into a tantrum. It went off into that old apostolic doctrine. I can't be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to speak it in tongues. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that today. Well, you don't get it. And I'm trying to help you to understand that the Holy Spirit is God's gift to you. The Holy Spirit is God's sealing you. The Holy Spirit is the power that's going to help you live right. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that's on the inside that when I cut a fool and do something wrong, it's the Holy Spirit that says, Ronald, knock, 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 you're doing wrong. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to check you. Well, I do something wrong and I don't feel bad. That's because you don't have the Holy Ghost. I did say that and didn't bat my tongue. Well, I don't get it. You're right. You don't get it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's the Holy Spirit that he's coming back for. When he comes back in the midair, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to give you power to be caught up to meet him in the air. Oh, God, I wish I talked to folks who had the Holy Ghost. I believe I'm in a Holy Ghost tongue-talking, spirit-filled church where you don't mind acknowledging I have the Holy Ghost. The power of God on the inside. How do you know you have the Holy Ghost? Because every once in a while, I can feel him moving on the inside. Something on the inside is working on the outside. 
Oh, God, I thank you. So we got the Holy Ghost. He gave us the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And now I can begin to do this holy walk. I desire to follow him. I'm walking after him. I'm walking after Jesus. I'm walking in the way he wants me to walk. I'm going in the places he wants me to go. But I don't have the Holy Ghost. Well, you're short. And let me just remind you. To die without the Holy Ghost is to lift up your eyes and be in hell. And no one in their right mind wants to go to hell. You want to be a true disciple? The cost of being a true disciple, you've got to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. You've got to take him into your spirit so you can be saved. The cost of being a true disciple. It's going to cost you something, but guess what? I made my decision. I made up my mind. I want to be saved. I want to be delivered. I want a taste of that heavenly bread. Why? Because when it's all said and done, he's going to call us up to glory and we're going to be up in glory celebrating. Every day. Come on, angels food. If, if, if the saints in the Old Testament got a taste of angels food, can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to heaven? And it won't be just angel food that we'll be eating either. <laughs> you say, well, what kind of food are we going to eat? Wait, to, I'm just going to surprise you. Wait to get to heaven. But trust me, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Come on, let's stand on your feet. Father, I thank you for this word. The true cause of being a disciple. I've got to lay down some things. I've got to give up some things. There's some friends cut loose. There's some places, whoops, can't go anymore. There's some things I can't even say. There's a change that has taken place in my life since the Holy Spirit has come in. But I thank you because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Give us that bread evermore. Feed us with the bread that comes from heaven. Your word. Lord, I thank you for this message. And I take it to heart that I got to count the cost. I have to take up my cross and I need to follow you daily. I pray that there's someone under the sound of my voice after hearing this word. You checked in their spirit. You know, you don't have it quite together with God. You need to get yourself together. You're telling them to repent of their sins. Repent, Lord, I'm sorry for everything I've done wrong, those things in my life that's unpleasing, you say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Change my life. Turn me around and put me in the right direction. Father, I pray for the soul that's nearest hell. Yes, there is a hell. I pray for those that are hell bound, that you'll turn their life around. Even as the spirit of celebration is in this house, where the sound of my voice is, that somebody will say, I want to be saved. I want to be delivered. What shall I do? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Ask God to come into your life to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He'll come in. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm a sinner. I acknowledge I'm a sinner, but I acknowledge I need you, Jesus. I need you to survive. 
You've just heard Bishop Ronald Frazier with a powerful message. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, feel free to drop by our website, www.ChristChurchInc.org. We're also on Facebook at ChristChurchInc and Instagram at Christ underscore church underscore INC. Winning the World for Christ was produced by Sando Savant Media. Music is provided by the O'Neill Brothers Group. You can find more of their wonderful music at www.oneillbrothersgroup.com. We thank you for listening to today's message and truly hope that it was a blessing to you. Tune in next week for another great word. Until then, have a blessed week.